0: We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified.
1: Psalm 17, hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips, let my vindication come from your presence, let your eyes look on the things that are upright, you have tested my heart, you have visited me in the night, you have tried me and have found nothing. I have purposed that my mouth shall not trespass, I'm sorry, shall not transgress, sorry. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your paths, that my footsteps may not slip. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me, from the deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed up their fat hearts with their mouths. They speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth as a lion is eager to tear his prey. And like a young lion lurking in secret places, arise, O Lord, confront him, cast him down, deliver my life from the wicked with your sword With your hand from men, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion in this life and whose belly you will fill with your hidden treasure, they are satisfied with children and leave the rest of their possession for their babes. As for me, I will see your face in the righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake in your likeness. Psalm 18, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet and he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies from the brightness before men. His thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered His voice, Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out His arrows and scattered the foe, lightnings in abundance, and He vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered as your rebuke, O Lord at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd, for you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks, for you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness, for by you I can run against a troop, by my God I can leap over a wall, as for God, his way is perfect." The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places He teaches my hands to make war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn back again. Till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet, for you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there was none to save even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore.
0: Usually morning time, but I am thankful to be here tonight and thank you for John leading the music and that reading was awesome and in more ways than one. (laughs) But let's have a word of prayer before I start and then you'll see what I have prepared for tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we pause again to ask for your help as we look at this portion of portions of Scripture which we have prepared our hearts for tonight. And we ask that it would be a blessing to each of us. We pray in the name of Christ the Savior and with thanksgiving. Amen. As you were reading, brother, I thought what we could do is just think again on what you read and maybe read it again and that would be my sermon. <laughs> but we won't do it quite that way. I have a title that I selected or chose and the title that I have here is A Servant's Prayer in a Time of Distress. A Servant's Prayer at a Time of Distress. And I'm going to be focusing on one of the Psalms, and it is a Psalm of David, and it starts out as those ones you read. Our speaker this morning spoke about the need for the gospel to go everywhere, or rather, for the believers to go everywhere and carry the gospel. Now, sometimes the faithful ones meet with great difficulty. We've read about some of the trials and problems that some of the servants of the Lord have in far places and in nearer places. I think of the film that you were talking about there, brother. And so life is not always easy when we're trying to do what the Lord wants us to do. In fact, it can be difficult, very difficult. So tonight, what I have chosen to do is to draw our focus to Psalm 143. And as you know, this is one of many Psalms of David. We did not have recorded any specific experience for which David went, which prompted him to write this particular psalm. We can get a sense of the situation that he was in by looking at some of what he wrote within the 12 verses that we have here before us. When we think about David's life, we know a lot about a lot of things that happened with him. And so we know some of the trials that he had and when I spoke not so long ago I spoke about how he was a hunted man. A man whose life was in jeopardy and he had to keep on with his life knowing that there were those who were seeking to end his life Saul and Absalom and all the things that he had to go deal with, but the thing is that David was a servant of the Lord. he was a servant of God. in verse number three in psalm one hundred and forty three, David says, "The enemy has persecuted my soul, the enemy, so clearly what that is saying is that there was opposition. His problems weren't just of a natural development or a natural course of life. But there were specific people who had specific ill intent. And he knew it. And they were pressing down on him, causing him problems. In fact, listen to the way he expressed in the next portion there. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness. Oh my goodness. And then it says, like those who have been long dead. Those are some powerful expressions of how David's experience was. Persecuted my soul. I think we don't have anyone here who has any idea from experience what that's like, to be persecuted like that. We don't have a guarantee that none of us will live to experience that. We ask for God to work in such a way that we won't have to. But. We don't know what the future holds. And David, when the persecution came to him, those were his experience. He didn't have a book to say these are things that you're going to experience. But he was a servant of the Lord. In verse number four, he says, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. It serves prayer in a time of distress. In verse 7, he says, my spirit fails. So when I think about those kinds of things, it's one of those things where I say, well, What if I had to endure that? What would I do? Or how would I hold up? Or how faithful would I be if the Lord so ordered it to be my portion, to be at a circumstance as David was? now when we think about things like that so we can say david he was in a time of great of maximum distress in his life when the psalm came forth out of him this song and listen to how he begins this prayer hear my prayer O lord give ear to my supplications. The point that I want to emphasize here is that when people are in very dire situations, there are a variety of responses. And some of those are not good responses. But David here says, he turned his face to the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. So he started out in the right place. People talk about a foxhole prayer. That sometimes when people are caught in really adverse situations, they will cry out to God and make all kinds of promises to him. Sometimes they're promised that if God would get them out of that circumstance, they would live on the right path going forward. And then when God, in his mercy, delivers them, they go on their way just as they had before, just right on down the same path. But we find David turning to the Lord in prayer. And if you think again on what we just heard read from those two psalms that my brother read we know that David had a heart for God that he was not a person to pray a foxhole prayer but what came out of him came out from the depths of his heart he knew who God was but he also knew who he was And he knew what his relationship was to God. And he knew that he could depend upon him. And so he does. So he says here, hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. Hear the prayer. And then he says, including verse 1, and in your In your faithfulness, answer me. And in your righteousness. In your righteousness. So he is acknowledging that God is a righteous one. That he knows who God is. And that he is righteous. For your righteousness sake. It's interesting the... A number of things that David says here where he looks to the Lord and he honors him and it is reasonable for David knowing what he does about God himself and the faithfulness and righteousness of God that he can have certain expectations of him that he can have the expectation that when he says, hear my voice or hear my prayer, that the Lord will hear his voice and will hear his prayer. He can have that expectation. It's not just an empty hope. It's not just uh, making a statement or saying something that seems to be appropriate, but he understands. So the enemy was at work against David and the enemy was serious about his business, shall I say diligent? An enemy, are uh, very often that way. When they set about to take someone down, you can count on them to not do it half-heartedly. Did not do it in a slipshod way. In fact, sometimes the evil ones are more—how can I say it? I use the word diligent. I'll say it again: more diligent and determined to achieve their end than the people who are doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing. And so he talked about what happened him with him and. Detailing those those are some tough words to think about. Persecuted, crushed, made to dwell in darkness. All the results of the enemy's work. To some extent we can identify somewhat to with David, because we have had times when we have been low. down, distressed, and in need of help, which we can't give ourselves, and which our brethren can't give us. We've been there. And so David was there in that. But when he came to this psalm, David had a history of living in the light of God's word and of God's goodness and his righteousness and his faithfulness. And so that he could say in verse number five, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. Now that is really quite magnificent. Because if he says, I remember, and then he talks about the Lord's work and the work of his hands and these things, that means these things are going through his mind. He is not just overly consumed with what's happening with him and his circumstance. And it's a self-pity. But he's looking to God and he's saying, Lord, hear my prayer. I remember the days of old I remember your works I remember that's a wonderful thing but if a person has never trusted the Lord they can't have a memory like what David had but he says I remember and so then he's in a position to have a proper response a proper prayer in the midst of his distress and so he says in verse 6 I spread out my hands to you my soul longs for you like a thirsty land and then the word uh, bringing some emphasis to that and so it's good to have good experiences to look back on. Sometimes it's good to just stop and remember and remind ourselves we sing the song count your blessings name them one by one count you mean the blessings to see what God will do. And I have said sometimes that if if we endeavor to count all of them, we wouldn't stop counting. Because the Lord will call us up yonder before we got done with the count. There are also many, the blessings that he's given and bestowed. So David had what I call a spontaneous physical motion, response. In verse 6, it says, I I spread out my hands to you. And then there's a non-emotional response, spontaneous. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Selah. Now that to me is very interesting He could have said, I I just long to be delivered from this trauma. I long for that. But he didn't say that. He said, I long for you, O Lord. He's longing for the Lord. His heart is in the right place. He knows that his strength is in the Lord. He knows that his help comes from the Lord. And so that's where his longing is. but there is a desperation. His distress is not what we might call an ordinary distress of daily life. And so I I see a note of desperation in verse number seven. And I think this is not a contradiction to the point I just made, but... I think the order. If we think about the order of it, Lord, I'm longing for you, and then he says, "Answer me speedily, O Lord." My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. He knows that his hope is in the Lord. He said, "Lest I be like those who go down into the pit." I think we can think about that in the way of thinking that clearly David didn't know how long he was going to be in the circumstance. When we're down and things are happening with us, we don't know how long it's going to last. And we can feel like we can't last. And so we cry out to the Lord, oh, Lord, answer me speedily. I'm failing. My heart's failing. I need help. If I may, Lord, I need help now. But the Lord knows all about that. As Jeremiah said, and I've talked a little bit about Jeremiah before, and Jeremiah really went through some things. So he knows exactly what David's talking about. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 24, Jeremiah said, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. That's what David's talking about. Therefore, I hope in him. And so all of David's hope is in the Lord. He's looking to God and he's saying, I am in a special time of need. And I want to draw your attention to some of the words that are used here. Where David is is giving himself to the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm turning my face to you. I'm crying out to you. I need you to help me. There are some words that I want you to pay attention to here. In verse 8, he says to God, he said, cause me to hear your love and kindness in the morning. He's asking God to do something with him there. In this particular verse, he didn't say, deal with my enemy, although he does say that. But here he says, cause me to hear. So David knows that the Lord needs to be at work in him, no matter the evilness of those who are persecuting him. He says, cause me to know the way in which I should walk. He's a man greatly persecuted. He's saying, Lord, Lord, Cause me, work in me, make it so that I know the way that I should walk. That's quite a thing. But we should all be praying that way. We talk about the dangers of all the counsel we get from all kinds of sources. And if we're not paying attention, we we'll would be following right along with things that are not aligned in alignment with the way that we should walk. And then he says in the third one of these three, I mean, the third one of these that I'm bringing out now is he says, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. Deliver me. And in verse 10, he says, teach me, teach me. To do your will. So he's saying, Cause me to hear your loving kindness. Cause me to know the way I should walk. Then he puts it in the middle there, Deliver me from my enemies. And then it says, Teach me to do your will. Isn't that interesting? So he put that one thing in between there about his enemy because that's a ever present, that, that's a present problem. That needs to be resolved. But like, David had life before, and he has life after. And he said, I need, I need the resources of God for the life I have beyond this point, beyond this moment. I need the life of God for that. I need the the help of the Lord. So he says, Teach me to do, teach me to do your will. Teach me. Because he says now. You are my God. You are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. This is a man who's persecuted and crushed. A man who is at his wit's end because of what the enemy is doing to him. And he's asking God to teach him how to live his life the right way to please the Lord. In verse 11, he says, revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. Revive me. And then he goes back to the enemy again. He says in verse 12, in your mercy, cut off my enemies. In your mercy, cut them off. So this is quite a prayer that David has here, a servant's prayer in a time of distress. That's very important. A servant's prayer in a time of distress. So he can say, O oh Lord, hear my prayer. O oh Lord, hear my voice. He's a servant of the Lord. And the Lord cares about his, those who are his servants. He has a special care for them so what David is talking about here is we can think about it in these terms, or we can think about it in the expressions, expressions that Peter used as to what he's doing. When he says, Cause me to hear, cause me to know, deliver me, teach me to do your will, revive me, have mercy, all these things. Well, he's casting his care upon the Lord casting his care upon the Lord. his service prayer in a time of distress. Lord, teach me how to cast my care upon you because that's what I need to do to do that. In First Peter chapter 5, at 5b and 6, Here's the way Peter expresses what David is talking about. Here's what he says. He said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I think we can see the humility of David coming through clearly because it takes a humble person to say, I need to be taught. That Ethiopian eunuch didn't understand what he was reading. He needed to be taught humility, says, teach me. And Peter says, God gives grace to the humble. He does. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That is a command that a lot of people don't want to hear. They do not wish to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God or under anybody else's hand. Some people don't want to be under any rule at all just to do whatever it is that they desire to do without accountability. But that can't be because God holds every person accountable ultimately. And so that's just self-deception to think it can be. But he says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I'm still reading from first Peter five and verse six that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. And then it says, for he cares for you. David understood that. And so in the midst of his distress, in the midst of, his, of the persecution, in the midst of being very low, being pressed down, being ground into the ground, In the midst of all of that, he turns his face to God and says, Lord, you are the Lord. You are God. You are the help that I need. And I want you to work in me, to make me to be the way I should be. Deal with my enemy, but not just with them. Deal with me too. You have to deal with them because of the righteousness and justice of God. He has to deal with the evil, wicked doers. But David says, but I need you to deal with me. Why would he say that? Because he understands the holiness of God. He understands the righteousness of God. He understands that God is high above us. And we can't measure up. And so we're dependent upon his work in us to mold us and to shape us. And to make us to be more like Christ. And if he doesn't do it, it won't happen. But he does say, as Peter says here, humble yourselves. I think that's a tall order. Because it's telling us that we can't just sit back and say, we're just going to sit back and let God do it and fix us, up, fix us up real nice. And when it's time, he'll bring us all up to be with him. He doesn't do it that way. He says, there are things for you to pay attention to and to do. That's one of the reasons we're here tonight. Trying to pay attention to that. Things that what God wants us to pay attention to and what he wants us to do. So that we can pray like David and say, Lord, cause me to hear your love and kindness in the morning. Cause that in me. Cause me to know the way the way in which I should walk cause that to be my portion each of us can pray the same teach me to do your will teach me to do that you know if we all did the Lord's will just the way he wanted us to do it all the time wow wow what a world that would be. What a life it would be. So we keep on crying out to him because we know that we need his continual work in us. So revive me, O oh Lord. He says, For your name's sake. That I found to be very interesting. For your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. And so we can say it's not, although David wants to be delivered from the problem he has, and he said, Lord, hear me speedily, he still is concerned about God's honor. God's honor. He's concerned about that. For God's righteousness' sake. And then again to the enemy, in your mercy, cut off my enemies, and destroy those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant." We know sometimes in the men's meeting we've talked about the imprecatory prayers, and I guess we would call this an imprecatory request here, which he says, destroy all those who afflict my soul. But what David is asking for is not something that's out of order because he's asking for God to act according to his own righteousness and his own righteousness requires. And so he just said, Lord, do the thing that you will do as a righteous God. That's what I want, to be aligned with God and to want what he wants and to do what he wants me to do. So that's my meditation in Psalm 143. So that's, there we have it. And I'll just give a, Pastor, do you want me to just have a prayer now, or you want to come forward? Uh, you can pray, that's great. Our Father, we thank you for the day that you have given to us in the meetings with our brother this morning in the Sunday school and church hour, and the wonderful blessing of the powerful word that he gave to us, challenging us with the word of the Lord, to be concerned that the gospel get out and into hearts. And for tonight, in, in this little time, to a meditation upon Psalm 143, now we ask you to guide us and to help us and to cause these to be our hearts' petitions that you would work in us according as your good purposes are. We pray in the name of Christ, as Savior, with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time.